0: Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into The Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been, you can find it all here on The Voyager Way. All right, what's good, everybody? Back with the Voyager Way podcast. Um, today is kind of a cool day. We have our very first guest on the podcast. Um, he's one of our very good friends, uh, that Tanner and Zach at least grew up with, uh, going to high school with, playing hockey with. Um, he's been on a ton of outdoor adventures, including was he on all three of your trips, your Voyager trips? Were you guys together in all three of them?
1: No, not the first year, not,
0: not the first. Oh, the first year you guys weren't okay. Um, we saw each other on trail. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so he is now in his final semester at the University of Minnesota, down in the Twin Cities, finishing up a degree in industrial engineering, and he works part-time at Midwest Mountaineering, which he says has given him a lot more outdoor knowledge than he would have first thought. Um, his name is Sam Medvek. Sam,
2: welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here.
0: Cool. Um, all right, so we have, we're going to start out this podcast with a question from a listener for you, okay? All right. So, um... Since you and Tanner have been on a ton of awesome trips together and shot a lot of whitewater together, let's say you and Tanner pull up to a giant rapid set that is very technical. Who's in bow and who's in stern?
2: I'm in stern Ah. for sure. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. You're in stern? Yeah. You're in
1: bow? Either way, we're getting on the rapid. Yeah, we're (laughs) going to
2: make it either way, but he's my point guy and he calls stuff out and then I got the strokes down and... And, and we get fair. through it it's I,
0: fair I feel like the other thing about that is like it's nice having somebody in your bow for, and for people who are kind of listening the stern steers and the bow is mostly just the motor in the canoe but when you go down whitewater sometimes like you just you catch some stuff that you weren't expecting it's like the bow obviously the bow is in front so he's going to see some stuff that the stern is not going to see very so sometimes you have to like just make a quick adjustment. So you really have to kind of trust your bowman to make those kind of split second decisions without telling you what's going on sometimes. Um, so it probably helps that you guys have been on so many trips or I guess a couple trips together and you probably trust each other going in. Yeah. Going into whatever you're doing. Yeah.
2: It'd work either way.
0: Yeah. Nice. Do you agree with it, Tanner?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to do rock papers. Or did you guys like ever
2: shoot any water together? On the mission we did quite a bit. Yeah. I don't, we weren't really partners on the no. copper mine very much because on the copper
1: mine you know you kind of get like your paddle partner oh for the whole time for, like for the white water, water part yeah. of oh it. really okay yeah, like once we got on the copper mine we had how did you know that
3: that way you're just more consistent and you're it's yeah. easier to work with the same people every day when okay. you're in the technical stuff because you kind of know like what the other person's gonna be doing oh gotcha. unless you're not like okay. switching it up every day and then you don't really know what the other person's gonna do and It just creates a lot more hassle that way. I got
0: you. Okay, so uh, Sam, we talked about this in a different podcast. What was your, do you have a favorite rapid set that you went on in those two trips?
2: It had to be the canyon section of the copper mine. It was just like, I don't know how many miles it was, but either side of the river was just these sheer cliffs. Yeah. Like you Is that what we could... were
0: talking about? Is that the one?
2: That's what Tanner yeah. said. Oh, that's what you said. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. You couldn't pull over even if you wanted to to scout oh, yeah. something. So you're just boat scouting every single rapid yeah, yeah. and it was just a gorgeous day and it was easily the most yeah. fun I've had shooting whitewater. So how long like how long of a stretch was it? where you were you just like
0: shooting whitewater? All day. Like all day. Yeah, we sky.
2: we stopped for lunch at one point and then paddled until probably three in the afternoon yeah. and then just the made, whole day shooting on water. your
0: knees all day. It's so sick. So and you guys usually just eat like do you just eat lunch around the river or was there so much white water that you kind of had to pull off and pull eat off because you just got into some more stuff. Somet-
2: right? Yeah, sometimes we would do floating uh, lunches if it was a slower part of the river, but there was no no chance of doing that. Yeah. There was one
3: section. Two summers ago, when I was up there, where we floated almost the entire day because we were really far ahead of our schedule. So we didn't necessarily have to paddle, but we wanted to move campsites. So we literally were just floating the entire day. And we were like in the mountains too. So we were just like looking at the mountains. We uh, locked our boats together and we were just like talking That's and floating, awesome. had lunch. It was so fun. Yeah. Somebody
0: told me about they were, they put, was that maybe you? You put a sail up. Or something like you use a tarp to make a sail and then you just like cook down the river. Well. If you get the wind right. Yeah.
1: Um, that was and, probably a first year trip. No, it was our copper mine trip. You guys we didn't actually, have the. We brought. No, yeah. That's what. Yeah. We brought the sails. What are the like Hot sails? They're, they're, they're called. called.
3: Uh, I think the company is called like wind sails or something like that. It's basically like each canoe has their own. It's like a big circle, like probably the size of an umbrella. Okay. And then in the middle of it going horizontally is Wait, like. A, just like a standard umbrella? Like it's only that big? yeah it's not super big it's like each canoe has their own yep and horizontally through it there's like a clear section of like a clear plastic so you can see through it so you can see like what's in front of you so you don't have to look to the side (laughs) and then it has strings on the top and bottom that come to like a a center point like where your hands would be so you hold it oh and then the bowsman holds it and then uh the wind takes the sail obviously so you're like just chilling in the front yeah, yeah. with that huh. sail and so each canoe has their own so you don't have to be linked together oh nice yeah okay
0: that makes sense um all right Zach so we kind of talked about this in another podcast too how um like with these voyager trips this was kind of that was kind of the first time that Tanner and I had even slept in a tent maybe but then Zach on the other hand like his family's been doing that kind of stuff since you were like three or four um so did you kind of start getting into this kind of camping canoeing fishing all that kind of stuff when you're pretty young or how when did that kind of start taking off for you?
2: I had grown up fishing at my cabin, but same as you guys, my first Voyager trip was the first time that I had slept in a tent. And so I I learned all of those skills, like knots, paddling, setting up camp, stuff like that. I learned all of that on my first year trip. Do
0: you have have older siblings that went on it? I'm the oldest,
2: I have a younger brother. Okay, so you didn't really
0: know a crazy amount about the trip? Like I just remember for me it was like, well, especially since we were well, we weren't that, that new to St. Cloud, like we didn't have, I, obviously I'm the oldest too, so like I didn't have anybody like directly I could talk to about like how the trip went and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was more of like a, a lot of my friends are doing
2: it, so I might as well just like jump in and see what's going on. I actually, so I ran cross country starting in seventh grade and Fred was the coach of that as well. And so a bunch of the older cross country guys went on Voyager. So I would see them go and they'd come back and tell all their stories. So that's kind of how I became familiar with it. And I was like, Oh, that's something I want to do someday. And how much like, I know, since
0: I didn't run cross country in high school, I kind of heard or I just got like the feeling that Kind of like the the atmosphere that fred created at like the voyager program is pretty similar to kind of like what like the cross country team like i don't know and obviously i wasn't on the cross country team so i don't really know how like how similar they were and just as far as like kind of the values that fred was trying to instill in everybody and like the camaraderie and that kind of stuff but can you talk at all about how they were
2: certainly yeah i would say the culture is very very similar in in Voyagers you're taught to look out for everyone um, on your crew around you. And it's the same way in the cross country team, like the older kids, even the seniors are gonna be looking out for the younger guys. It's seven through twelve, so you got a oh, whole seventh so eighth
0: graders are there, yeah, too. Yeah, they're they're
2: all involved in that. And so everyone's looking out for each other. And then we do a bunch of fun team building things like we would have a weekend getaway every year we where we go to sibley state park and stay in cabins and we do a little bit of running but mostly just mess around cool, all yeah. weekend and nice. have fun and so it was a great way for me as like a seventh grader to feel important to something and feel welcome yeah. and like have those older guys looking out for me cool and so definitely a lot of similarities you could draw between voyagers and the cross-country team nice.
0: um yeah, I uh, yeah, I heard a lot of stories about like, that getaway trip. How far of a drive is it up there?
2: It's about an hour, I okay. want to say. Those it's are not some- too far. Was
0: something where like you'd get dropped off and just have to like run back to the, yeah, so, to the cabins? Or so whatever. we'd
2: get there on Friday after school, and then Saturday morning, we'd all hop on the Voyager bus, and Fred would just drive out into the country, <laughs> just these cornfield <laughs> roads. and there'd be like three different stops. The first one, most of the seventh and eighth graders would get out, and there'd be a second stop, and then the third stop was like, I wanna say like seven to nine miles away from the park. And he'd just drop us off. And you'd have to to remember kind of the turns we made because (laughs) he wouldn't be, no one would be there to tell you where to turn. We probably
0: stayed with like two or three other guys. Yeah, you'd
2: usually run in a group. Nice.
3: Yo, what's up? So you said that you kind of got started in all of this with fishing up at your cabin. And I'm guessing since then, well actually I know you've got into a lot more activities, Voyagers being one like canoe camping, and um I know you've done some other stuff. What would you say is kind of like your go to like outdoor activity? Like if doesn't matter what season it is, like what would you say is like your go to thing to go do outside?
2: Um I would say in Minnesota it's probably fishing just because there's such easy access to rivers and lakes and my cabins not too far so that's probably my go-to in Minnesota but this last summer I got the chance to go out out west quite a bit I got furloughed from work and so I had a lot of free time on my hands so I just did I just kind of went on the road for a little while and I did a fair amount of backpacking and then just like day hikes like i did my first few 14ers in colorado nice um that was super fun and i got into fly fishing too which was super exciting i had never really done that before
0: how long it take you to pick it up
2: um I, don't think about doing it too, but... I i would say that it's it's an ongoing process like i learned a lot this summer but i'm still i'm still an, a beginner like yeah. it, it's an art form like there's so many different techniques you can learn yeah. and it's a constant thing so i i'm happy with the progress i made this summer but there's still a lot of there's still a lot for me to learn what's the range of fish
0: you can catch on like is there a limit or is it literally just exact same as like a normal like fishing rod and reel
2: for
3: for fly fishing uh, like what types of species you can target yeah yeah. you can do it pretty much anything
2: it has to do with the the weight of the rod that you had so fly fishing it it's either it's between one and eight i believe with eight being like the heaviest rods and then one being like very light you would catch like panfish with that and so i have a six weight i believe so right in the middle kind of if you have an
0: eight could you fish for like would it make sense to get a heavier one just so you can fish for the lighter stuff or is it like not as finessey kind of i mean it's
3: kind of like the same thing with like a regular rod and reel like the big like musky rods you could go fishing for like sunfish with this, gotcha. but yeah. you probably won't
1: Okay, yeah. it, just it just makes a similar concept yeah. if you have like a heavy one you're probably going to be a guy that has a light one too you know what I mean uh, yeah, I got you that makes sense but
0: yeah. six is probably pretty good Like, yeah like, as far as you I know. just
2: got a six to start yeah. off just because it's kind of right in the middle and pretty versatile with yeah. what you can catch with it are they more expensive than normal stuff or is it pretty I mean obviously you could
0: buy like a thousand dollar one or you could buy like a thirty dollar one probably but yeah it's similar pretty, as well can, like yeah. just the whole
3: range of it Yeah, but okay. yeah I agree with you I think Fly fishing is one of those things. It's super cool because, like, there's so much to learn within fly fishing and, like, picking what flies you're going to use, like, where the fish are going to be based off, like, what species they are and just, like, the technique of the cast. And, like, sometimes there's brush right behind you, so you have to do, like, different types of casts because the line goes so far behind you or to the side or whatever. So, yeah, it's cool because it's, like, you're constantly learning and you can never really know everything about it.
0: When you guys go steelhead fishing up in, where you guys up at, like towards Duluth, is that kind of where it is or where is it?
1: Yeah, like all of the rivers that run into Superior. Yeah.
0: Do, you, do you, Have you been fly fishing when you guys go with them or is it easier to do some other stuff?
2: When we went in the spring, I, I only had a spinner rod. I hadn't bought my fly rod yet. Okay. But I've been up there two weekends already this fall and I started using my fly rod. And it hasn't worked out for me yet. I've <laughs> I've had fish on, but they've snapped off okay. every time before yeah, yeah. I could get it in the net. So I might revert back to the spinning rod just until I can land one, yeah. and then then worry about just to check that box. And then yeah, just and then worry about getting oh, yeah. one on the fire rod.
0: When you guys are going up next weekend or this next yeah, weekend, next next your name weekend. this weekend, this oh yeah, because it's Sunday. Okay, so this coming weekend, nice. Okay, mm. for just a couple days, or yeah, because how many more like weekends are there really till it's like still feasible to go? For, for i
2: think it's gonna slow down pretty quick here maybe two or three more weeks where there's realistic be... right
0: now or what's going are they kind of in the process right now
2: yeah. so i think they they come up in the spring to spawn and then they stay until the fall to go back into the lake so right. that i think they're going back into the lake right now but or the... i might be wrong it might be they stay up for the winter and then go back
1: no, they definitely go up in the spring.
2: But yeah, and then what it makes sense They, they is, spawn in the spring. I know they're not spawning right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. is what I mean to say. I
1: remember you saying all that, like, looking at. Did Reagan, like, look at some graph or something where it's like, com- compared to the graph last year, like, this weekend is the best weekend, like, the most fish were caught, like, last year, comparably?
2: That's for the. So we're going to the Brule River, which is in Wisconsin. Okay. And yeah so we went last spring and there's there's a run of steelhead then but for some reason which i don't really i'm not sure why in the fall their numbers are like multiple times higher oh nice
0: how much is the uh fish license up there
2: um you could get it depends if you're getting like a season one or just like a 3 day one i would say about, about you if you Wisconsin wanted to Florida? come like for the weekend i would say probably like 30 bucks it's nothing too bad yeah. Nice.
3: so yeah so this just to clarify the steelhead go into the rivers in the fall they're not spawning they just enter the streams that they will eventually spawn in okay. um but they actually spawn in the spring but then there's other species like brook trout they go in and they actually spawn in the fall huh. so there's okay. species do different things okay
2: There's also salmon in there right now. We caught a, Regan caught a coho salmon the last weekend I was up there. And there's some Kings too that we've seen pictures of, but we haven't caught one yet. Nice.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess I haven't actually heard about, you you just kind of mentioned before you went out west. um, Because you were driving with a buddy, right? Because he's moving out there for school or something. So is that like what kind of prompted that you to go out there?
2: Yeah, I actually got out there two different times. The first time was just... a road trip with three of my three of my friends and we went out to Montana and Idaho did some backpacking some hiking mix of car camping as well and then that was just about a week and then one of those buddies Josh moved out to Portland in early August for optometry school okay and so he was taking his car so I just drove with him out there and we kind of took our time We did like a three day backpacking stint, spent a night in Seattle, drove down the coast and then moved him into his place. And then I just caught a flight back from Portland to Minneapolis. So it was super slick. Uh, And we
1: got off to South Dakota too. mm -hmm.
2: Oh yeah. At the beginning, Tanner and I and a couple other buddies took like a long weekend and just camped in the Black Hills for a few days. Yeah.
0: I remember I called you, I think, remember yeah. um, I was asking, I was like, oh, I'm in the, like, yeah, we're in the Badlands. I was right like,
1: now. we were remember? at Waldrog. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was like, what the heck are you doing there? Um, cool. Yeah, so, so I guess what, um, how much different were you, like, packing for these hiking trips than, like, because obviously, like, when you're going on these camping, like, canoeing trips, you're, like, your pack's going to look a lot different than when you're hiking. Like, what, what were, like, the big differences when you're going on these, like, two- or three-day hikes? Were you camping, like, on these hikes, or were you kind of day hike come back to your car and then day hike or were you on like on the trail for a couple days straight
2: um we we did a lot of that where we would just do a day hike and then come back to a campsite yep. but we we also did some backpacking where you have to carry everything with you Okay. Um, I would say the biggest difference is the tents like when you're in a canoe trip you can bring like a bulkier tent and just have it sit in the bottom of the canoe. But when you're backpacking, you actually have to carry it with you. So yeah. I bought, I bought like a three person backpacking tent that packs up to be very small, nice. like this, the size of like a rolled up jacket or something. Okay, like nice. it's, it doesn't take up that much space. And so that's kind of the biggest difference is The stuff just has to be smaller, like the stoves and everything oh, more water. packable. Uh, water. You just bring a filter with, and then you have your water bottles, your Nalgene's, yeah. and then you just fill them up. At least I've never been on a backpacking trip where there's no streams or lakes available you're gonna, you're gonna to, to filter from. Yeah. Um, looking at we're looking into going to Death Valley, California, this winter break to do some backpacking, and that'll be a different story because there's not like springs everywhere. Yeah. You might have to pack more water with you just to make sure. Just I, yeah, I feel
0: like before you go on those kind of trips, you always end up needing more than you thought you were going to it's like once you start hiking and stuff it's like wow we're just blowing through this water
2: yeah for water that may be a case i'm still learning a lot about what i need to bring on trips like that because a lot of times i i have space in my pack so i'll I'll pack something like oh i might need this and then i don't use it for the entire thing and i'm like well i wish i wouldn't have brought that it's just extra weight so i'm still learning and trying to feel out like what my set what my ideal setup is for For those overnight backpacking trips. So,
3: what what would you say is your like ideal bucket list like trip slash activity? Like, what activity would it be, and where would you go do that? Money is not an object, and time isn't.
2: I think my ideal trip, my dream trip, would be a paddling trip. Okay. After after doing some of each, I think I I just enjoy paddling more because you don't get blisters on your feet you're not like chafing or anything you're just like upper body workout all day long and you're on the river all day long too which is pretty awesome so i think i'd do a paddling trip and i would want it to be like a trans like continental one like a super long trip (laughs) maybe even maybe even like down the mississippi into into like the gulf of mexico or yeah. something like a few different climates something like that where you really get to cover a bunch of ground and see a lot of different places yeah i feel like that would be super cool I,
3: I feel like i had a similar experience to you at least as far as like backpacking when i was down in patagonia i don't know what it is about like i think it's just part of being from minnesota like always being within like a very short distance from water like yeah I, I just love being on the water or around it so like when i was down in Patagonia, there's a lot of like rivers and creeks and stuff, but it was like hiking just felt like I was portaging all the time. And uh-huh. like, I was never on the water, like all the time, which I like doing when I was canoeing, but hiking just felt like I was portaging and it was just like kind of never ending. But
2: yeah, I, I completely agree. Like if I'm hiking out in the mountains, I'm, I'm just w- looking forward to the next stream or lake that I get to hike along, just looking forward to that water. It's just, it's hard to describe, but there's something enticing about it, I guess.
0: When you were talking last night about like doing some sort of like the copper mine again or something like that, and this this next summer, summer or when were you thinking about doing that?
2: Yeah, so this next summer is kind of will be like my last chance. I'll have some time off this summer, but then I'll start a job, and then I won't really have much time after that. So I'm hoping to get a crew together and do maybe a two to four week paddling trip we've all we've always talked about it doing a personal trip but yeah. it it never seems to come into fruition but i really think that this is my this is my shot to get some guys together yeah
0: well when Tanner and i were too we're talking about like well you guys have been on the copper mine and i haven't obviously but just how like sick it would be to get up there at some point but then you have to fly up there get the canoes up there all that kind of stuff so it'd be the logistics yeah. would be a little tougher uh-huh. but especially like once you start working stuff it's just hard to get that much time off um, that's all your vacation time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, okay, there it's gone. But um, I guess like when you're like when you know kind of what you're gonna get, or you just know like that that's kind of where you want to be for that. Like using that, it, it, I feel like it's not that it's not too big of a deal. Like using up pretty much all of your like PTO or whatever. You just you're can't get about. sick at all after. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh, um, but yeah, no, that's so. I guess it, would that be one of the just questions I wrote down was just like if you like a trip that you've gone on that you like you enjoyed it so much that you want to do like it again is that pretty much like the copper mine that kind of those kind of whitewater trips
2: yeah that would be the copper mine I I do think that I'll be back there at some point and it only gets tougher as life gets busier but that's one of those things where you can all you always have reasons not to do it but if you have a slot where you have a few weeks off or something that's where you just got to take it you, you even if it's maybe more of an expensive trip i've always found that like i've never regretted spending money on a trip yeah. and then coming back and figuring it out maybe working a few more hours before and afterwards yeah to just, make it work but
0: that's actually one of the questions i asked Tanner and zach on one of the podcasts is like why like why does it mean, like why do you, like why does it mean so much to you to invest like your time and money into this kind of stuff? Like what, like what's, where do you get like your like rate of return? Like why is it the greatest of doing this kind of stuff than obviously spending it in other places that you could?
2: I would just say that it's, it's where I'm happiest is like when I'm planning or on a trip. And I, I like to go to like concerts and stuff, sports games. Those cost a lot of money also, but that's more of a fleeting, fleeting memory, kind of yeah. super fun for one night and then it's done with. But for a trip, you're out there for a little while, you're experiencing new places, meeting new people, and then those memories last a while. Like the pictures, I like to throw together a little like video edits at the end of each one just yeah, to yeah. kind of look back and watch those, but... Yeah. It's just, it's just where I, where I want to be for, for my free time. So I don't mind investing money into that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I got a question for you. You mentioned, uh, meeting new people. Uh, like we've said, I've been on a couple trips with you where we've met some people, who do you think sticks out to you the most? Like somebody you've met on trail or like on a, like just going camping or on a hike or
2: something where you're like really related to them. Um, my, my favorite story of people we met is from our misanabe trip when we were we were paddling and we we came up on this group of older guys and they're probably in their 50s i think and we got tanner and i got talking with them and it turns out they're they they live in the northeast part of the united states but all of them had played college hockey one of them had played in the nhl and Sick. so Tanner, like we were playing high school hockey at the time. We just latched on to that. We're yeah. like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And so we, we talked with them for a little while on the trail. And then we went on our way and they went on theirs. And then at the end of that trip, we took a train ride back to where our van was. Yep. And in the train station, they came up on us. They had it's finished seen. their trip to oh, yeah, the yeah. same group. Really? And so we talked with them again. And then they went out bought us a pizza from a pizza place <laughs> and we ate it on the train with them and they taught us how to play euchre and stuff so the whole train ride we were just hanging out with them and sick. they were telling us stories from their from their hockey days
0: but you were saying that in the state hockey tournament that year you shouted out to them yeah
1: because like you said they texted us like right before so i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna shout them out like yeah. they're watching. i think we had talked about it earlier like on the trip or something so like we were saying there was a a Rick, a Dan, and a Pete. Yeah. And there were two. Two Dan's. Two Dan's. So I said Dan, yeah, obviously, yeah. so covered both of them. <laughs> okay. And then I said like Rick or something or Pete. I and forgot one, but. Like skated up. Yeah. Skate no way. Up. Like, okay. Yeah, you can hear it.
0: Cool. And that's that's like the cool thing because we we had a similar honestly um, experience on my my guiding year. We were going down. I think it was the Barons, Blood, blubbing I don't know. One of those two. Um, but these these this group of older guys it was like three or four of them. They just had, each of them had a single kayak, and then, so all their gear was just shoved up like in the front of it, and they were just like shooting the white water like the whole trip. And so like we we got them actually we we met them at uh, Fourth of July Falls. We were taking like a layover day, um, and then they like passed our campsite like kind of around us. No, they were.
1: Is Eye Falls the one you can like jump into? It's right? yes. yeah. 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 Have you been there, yeah. Zach?
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Yeah, oh. it's super cool, and it's funny because, um, so it's like this little rapid set that you can jump into the the top of it, like the at the beginning of it, um, with life jacket on, and you can just kind of go like just shoot through it. Like, not in a canoe. It's like just...
1: a mini like water slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. sort of thing.
0: But the way that you know if it's safe to do it or not is you call Fred and you you ask him what were the water, or you tell him where the water level's at and then he tells you if it's like good or not. So I just remember we we got to the 4th the of July falls and this is where I was guiding. And we got there, I'm like, no way we're going here. Like, there's no way. And Joe's like, okay, well, let's just like call Fred and see what's going on. we call him and he's like, yeah, we're like, we're, you see that big rock in the middle? I'm like, yeah. He's like, where? Like, where's the water on it? And he's like, about well, halfway. I'm like, it's about halfway. And he's like, yep, you're good. Like, you can go down. I'm like, no way. Like, weird? I'm not sending my kids down this freaking whatever. But so then Joe went down it a, a couple times first. Like Joe and I did it before we were gonna let our kids do it. Um, and he did he did it one time. And it was like super fun. He's like, cool. And then the, the second time he jumped in and like he kind of got pulled under for like it was only it was realistically only like four seconds. But he popped back up. He's like oh gosh, like, that <laughs> was a lot scarier than I, than I thought it was going to be. Um,
1: I think it's funny though. I remember we were talking one time how like what did Fred do? Like he got he got to that Rapids, right? And like he saw and he just like decided. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah, Go for like, it. Probably
0: like, what, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Especially if you have a life jacket on, like it, you're going to pop back up eventually. It's, and it's it's only like like 50 yards maybe long if that long yeah
3: not definitely not that yeah long.
0: so like you have your life jacket on it's not really that like in the all the water right after it is like just super calm it's like a little bit of, it's like it's like a little bay so it's like you're just gonna pop right out and you're gonna be fine but there's a couple of times where you, you go down it sucks you in just right like oh that was a little bit more
1: intense than i was playing on the after part of it is like scarier than actually being in it because i remember there's that big bay to the right yeah yeah and so when you go down if you don't get to the like river left edge yep then you're gonna go back and circle in that bay oh, yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. a while it's like it yep, like yep. circles you around this super that big happened to bay. But it's life. like a big lazy river yeah it's like a big lazy river but then also if you don't get to the left or to the right I remember Corey was in our crew he he like went straight and he like couldn't get over to the left yeah and then he just like started going down the river. Yeah, there actually is another little. There's another, yeah, there's another. Like, little just like swim, go yeah. swim. And you're oh, like, gosh. <laughs> there was a
3: river. So in 2018, we did, I did a river where I did as m- I did so much research on this because I was trying to. We, our crew was trying to figure out a route to do, and there was no information at all about this river. Like I was looking in books, I was looking online. The only information I could find about this river was they uh, the province of manitoba had to do like a study on like this like 10 yard section of it because they were gonna there was a proposal to build like a bridge or like a road over it so they had done like an assessment of like this 10 yards of the river and so they had a picture looking upstream and downstream and that was like the only thing from it and so <laughs> our crew incorporated that into a route as ending on that river and so we have no idea if we're the first ones to have paddled that river or if like i'm assuming the indigenous people of the area did it but um there's like no record of it anywhere that we could find at least um so super cool we were the only ones on the river that we saw we saw um leading up to the river we found like dozens of pictograph sites which were super cool so they they're super faded so they've been there for a long long time Um, But on this river, we found a super cool campsite. Well, we made it our campsite. It was on this like falls, but the falls was like a really smooth rock. And it kind of did like an S turn down. It wasn't super steep, um, but it was like a very natural water slide. Like it was a super smooth rock. yeah. And the water was probably like going down. It was only like three and a half feet wide. So it wasn't like a crazy big Drop, but it was like a very gradual waterfall that did like an S turn. So you could go up to the top of it, sit down, and you'd slide down this like. It was, it was
0: smooth enough; it didn't hurt at all.
3: No, and then at the very bottom of it was like a super deep pool. So you got wow, dropped like this deep, deep pool. Way. And then on like the sides, there's like these big hills and cliffs and stuff. It was like one of the most beautiful places ever. It was so cool. Awesome. What's awesome.
0: what's the biggest difference between like your guys's because you guys did two far north trips like from the the one that was a little bit farther like south next like by Lake Superior and then the one you guys did like way up in the Arctic. What's like the biggest difference between those
2: two? Like, I would um, say just kind of the the landscape and the wildlife. Mm-hmm. Like the, the copper mine is it starts out about the same but then once you get into the Arctic Circle it's like tundra. A lot of it okay. is. And the wildlife is different like we saw Tanner's talked about it. We saw caribou and mm-hmm. A bunch of moose and some bears. Like on the Missanabe, you could definitely tell that you were still pretty close to civilization. Yeah. Like oh, really? we we went under some bridges. We <coughs> saw we overtook some people throughout the trip, and it just wasn't as remote as as the Arctic Circle. Like we we didn't see a single person from the time we pushed off until our last day. We saw. Really. We saw yeah. someone. Dang.
0: So I guess what's your like, what's your kind of allure to doing? I know you talked about like wanting to do like longer trips, like a two to four weeks. Like, why? Why would you like? Why? What makes you want to do like a longer one as, as opposed to just like doing a trip for like a couple weekends or like a week, or if like a week long, a weekend long trip, like a week long? Like, you want to do like almost a month?
2: I mean, part of it is just getting to cover more ground and okay. like getting to do a more extensive route. But I just, I just don't really get those opportunities to escape from my phone and everything yeah. that's going on. And so it's just, it's such a cool experience to be gone for that long of a time. Like, I don't know how many of my friends could say that they've gone 40 days without their phone or yeah. without an electronic device before. I think it's a pretty cool thing. I think to- like
1: also with the longer trips, like the, the longer they are, like you just make like, like you said, like more of those lasting memories as to where like, if you go to a sporting event or something like you were saying, you kind of like that memory fades pretty quickly, but I feel like the longer the trip is like the bigger memories you have, like just like it's on a different level. Yeah, Yeah. it does where it's like everything is just kind of like all your, like the food tastes, but like all the little stuff, like it just gets better and better the longer it is as opposed to like, if you're gone for like a weekend, you come back and you're like right back into it. Like you got your phone and you can eat like conveniently and all that. But like the longer trips makes everything more satisfying probably.
3: And you're with like, however many people that may be and you get to know them so well yeah. on such like a different level because you're not distracted by electronics or other things going on. You're all doing the same thing, going to the same place, doing all that kind of stuff. So you have very similar experiences and you get to know them on such a deeper level. And so, I mean, I know all of us, we've built those really strong connections with a lot mm. of our friends from these trips. And so, yeah, I think that's the coolest part about them for me. Yeah. And, um,
0: I know Tanner, so talking about, like, I don't know which podcast it was, but you were saying how, like, sometimes, like, the super, like, the worst days that you were just, like, grinding and it was raining and cold or just whatever, like, turn out to be, like, when you're looking back, like, okay, that was, like, that sucked, but, like, since we were, I was, like, with my boys and we were just hanging out, like, it was, like it was honestly, like, awesome.
3: What's, what's maybe a couple of good stories you guys have for the worst, like, worst day or condition or? <laughs> they definitely have a couple of those. <laughs>
1: Did I talk? Did I already talk about the candy bar one? I don't, yeah, how, where you can yeah, open it. Yeah, we so come cold. up with a candy yeah. bar. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a fun one. Like that was our first day on the copper mine. Yeah, I think uh-huh. it was
3: just raining and freezing or what.
1: Yeah, thing. it was yeah. just so cold. <laughs> <laughs> on, <laughs> uh, in 2018,
3: when we were on that uh, river, that we weren't sure if anybody's ever done. That was the worst storm I've ever been in in my entire life. So part of what the Voyager program does is towards the end of the trip, we do kind of two days where one day it's called the solo day. So you spend an entire day by yourself. You have your own campsite. You do everything completely on your own. And then the next day you end up meeting with two other people from your group and it becomes a trio day. And then the day after you kind of all meet back together. And we were on our trio day. So it was me and two other guys from our crew. And we had just gotten into our campsite. And it looked like it was going to rain. The sky was starting to turn pretty green. And it looked like it was going to rain pretty bad. So we finished eating, doing whatever. And we got into our tent. And it was super dark. And it was like somebody just flipped a switch. And it was like all of a sudden. was just, just dumping on you. Dumping. <laughs> and the gusts were. So to put in perspective how bad the gusts were. We were laying down in the tent all three of us and we had all of our stuff like we were journaling and reading and doing that kind of stuff and so since we're in the Canadian shield it's all rock on the ground so you can't put stakes into the ground so we put um we put a uh, rope onto like the edges of the tents as well as the, the rain flies and then we put a stick through the rope and then you set a rock on it to kind of act as stakes to hold down the tent and some of the rocks we we're using were like a foot and a half like wide so they're just yeah they're like like mini boulders yeah (laughs) and we had those all way around our tent and we were laying there and all of a sudden the wind like is gradually picking up it's downpouring like crazy and then this huge gust comes and literally like rolled me onto my side on top of the other people (laughs) all the um sticks and string from underneath those rocks came flying out and our tent like almost like flipped upside down while we were in it no way and like flipped us on our side and so we like all were like just super like what do we confused do? Yeah. <laughs> so we quick like um held down the tent as best we could i quick ran outside and tried to re um rock everything down and we're trying to hold down this rain fly because the rain was like getting in because yeah. it popped off and it was just terrible and lightning like was consistent so it almost looked like it was daytime because the lightning was so constant and it was like super green outside And we ended up talking to some people later on after we got back, and they were on their solo days that night where (laughs) they had, like, a tarp for their shelter. I cannot imagine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know some people that ended up going, like, under their uh, canoe because they didn't have, like, they couldn't set up their tent because it was, like, in the middle of this, like, storm and stuff. It was so freaky and definitely the biggest storm. Also, well, those been in. those like
0: thunder lightning storms in a tent are so
3: much like the cooler, but they're definitely like way different than
0: yeah.
1: Obviously. They're like way more real. Yeah, there was like, a group shit.
3: that same year that they were um, sitting, or they were at their campsite and like right across, probably sixty yards from their campsite, there was uh, like a big rock outcrop island. And they watched the lightning like strike the rock, and the rock just like exploded oh with like little gosh. fragments of it. Like, how scary would that be? What is it way
0: worse like up on like your guys? Is, like when you're in the Arctic, is it way colder up there too? So is, like the rain just doesn't make it like just that
3: worse. Or it's not too bad. What are the what are the temps like when you're up that? It starts off nice like in the seventies, um, but then as you get further north, it progressively like keeps getting colder and colder. Because oh. when we at least when we were up in like past the Arctic Circle, it was freezing it was really cool like there's constant wind which doesn't help at all we
2: uh, had a different experience than yeah, you and because yeah. it would get it would get chilly at night and in the morning but a lot of our days were like sunny and probably like yeah. 60s 70s yeah. shirts off like beautiful paddling isn't it, weather isn't it like it's it's bright out longer like the sun stays all longer? day all day yeah it okay. kind of instead of instead of like going down it'll like dip below the horizon and it'll get dim but after a few hours it'll start to come back up again. I remember
1: waking up the first night at like 2am or something like that and I just like you can just tell like by like seeing the outside of the tent it was just like bright out like it looked just like kind of like day and I was just like what the heck like, just, should we be I've going mess like, oh it so messed much. with me so hard in that yeah. like we were talking that's Austin or something it's like no it's 2am like, oh nice oh my gosh
3: we were talking on one of our trips it'd be so interesting to do like some type of psychology experiment where you get dropped off and you don't know like what time of the day it is and you have to have that person stay up there for like they don't know how many days they're staying up there but it wouldn't be like over a week or something. And then they have to kind of try to figure out to see if they know how many days they've been there. Oh, it would be gosh. interesting because it's so bright like all the time. Like At 2 in the morning, it's pretty dang bright.
1: Going back to the temperature thing, though, I do remember one – one. it was like early in the trip. It was like day 5 or 6 or something where we started paddling and we got onto a different lake and the temperature of that lake was just freezing. Like compared to the water before, like it was just this one lake and it wasn't even a portage. We just paddled from like one lake and then there was like a little gap and we kind of like opened up to another bigger lake Yeah, and I like put my hand in the water and it was like, oh wow, that is like, it was freezing. Like, do you remember that?
2: Yeah. And Tanner and I, for both of our trips that we've gone together, we've made a point to bathe every single night of the trip. And so that was a rough, some people skip a night here and there. Yeah. Yeah we just like, even if it's really bad, we, yeah. we do it. And so that was probably one of the worst ones Who's the ever. First one,
0: who's the first one that jumps in every time? I think we all the, kind of say,
2: Yeah.
0: It happens you kind of want to get over with. And yeah, one, we, like, yeah.
2: yeah. And sometimes like someone's cooking or shutting up a tent yeah. while someone else is bathing. So. The,
1: the last night of our like first far north trip, the Missanabe, no one else was bathing. Yeah. It was like, there's a storm and we even had to like stop paddling because like lightning or something yeah. I think and we kind of just like found a campsite quick and we could like we were in like the port of the city almost like okay. we could see the city and like their ferries and boats and stuff um so we get to camp and like there's like rush we're all like I don't know if we were wet or something we had a rain gear It just wasn't like a comfy like you weren't comfy or whatever yeah. no one wanted to bathe and we're like oh whatever we gotta do it like, last, last night. Night. Oh, you, oh no we've okay. done it every night we're like we're not, not yeah we just already told ourselves we were gonna do it so we did it and it ended up being like like the water we would sit in and it felt like a hot tub really like we were in there for a the while air, like, the air was so cold air was so and windy, cold. windy
2: that the water felt nice every
0: time i go on a camping trip like especially because i just went with my my buddy that um from college who had never really been and like so it was right before we were about to go to bed, and like, dude, trust me, like, you're gonna want to jump in, like, bathe or just do whatever before, like, we get in the sleeping bags in the tent. And, like, obviously, it's cold and stuff, and he was a little hesitant, but he he did it every time, and it's like it's almost always worth it. Is that? Oh yeah. Is there, was there sometimes though when you're up there, and it's so cold that like it wasn't worth it that you couldn't get like warmed up when you're in the sleeping bag, or was it
2: usually? You never, you never yeah. get to your sleeping bag and think, "Oh, I wish I didn't yeah. do that." Because yeah, once you get to that point, life is good. Like yeah, you yeah, don't, yeah. no yeah. bugs. You're, you're warm now. Are there bugs up there? Oh yeah.
3: There's twenty times more. Really? Yeah. That far north? Nah,
1: yeah, but I think, like, once we get you get on the Coppermine, like that, they definitely go down a little bit. I,
3: we had a different. What experience. kind of, kind of really? bugs is it? There's like a lot of mosquitoes. Okay. Uh, like little black flies. Oh, noceums. Noceums can get into. What's that? You can't see them. Yeah, you can't oh, see them. No, oh noceums! No yeah. Oh
1: god. <laughs> but they,
3: but literally, like you can have your shirt tucked in. You could be wearing gloves, <laughs> no like uh, a head net, and they'll still find <laughs> Wait, ways to tear just, you like, apart. Tear you apart. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They're terrible.
1: You have definitely, like. They're around here too, right? No, no, no Wait, they're what? around here. If you're wearing like a watch or like like a tight collar or something or like just like a, a sleeve that's like really tight on the wrist or something like that. Yeah. They'll like kind of burrow into like the like tight areas like that. So I remember like on our Misnabi trip, there was this kid who like he had like a tight collar or something and like a watch and just had bites right. just all oh, over the, specifically oh, yeah. at those tight spots yeah, specifically huh. right cuz like, they hang they out they kind of burrow under yeah they mm-hmm. like burrow in there they find your
3: wind eddies so it's like super windy up there and so like if the wind is blowing like at your front they'll just like group up behind you cuz there's no wind Whoa. there it's the so like you turn and then they'll do the opposite i never heard of those things
0: it's that absurd kind of
1: nasty. but no I, I i think i remember early in the trip when we were still in uh was it the taiga Zach yeah yeah we were still in the taiga, there was a lot of mosquito like way too many mosquitoes. I was gonna bring like a big, All of mosquitoes like a big uh
2: like a it's called a tundra tarp. Yeah, yeah tundra tarp. I actually yeah.
1: my home Gosh. screen that's the picture right now right here. Oh, no, it, it changed.
2: Yeah, on that far north trip, it would have been a hundred times more miserable if we didn't have that tundra what tarp. What are we doing there? We would set it up in the morning and at night and then we would basically like cook our meals oh. on the stove and then eat in there. Nice. Because if you were, if you didn't have that, the bugs would be. It's kind. Of, you don't have it on a first year trip, and the bugs like get in your oatmeal. Yeah. And you're just like trying to keep your bug net on while you're eating your food, and you're just <laughs> kind of getting ripped. So yeah. that was nice. You could just like sit down and relax before before the day starts yeah. or after the day's done, and just enjoy your meal.
1: You gotta remind me. I have uh, I have pictures of like the tundra tarp, like us chilling in there, eating. And I was thinking we have like a video of Can s- the whole crew
0: fit in the yeah. tundra tarp? Okay. Yeah, okay.
1: We have a video also like from a storm. I remember because just from Zach, when he was telling that story, we had a similar experience where we were just like eating supper on the tundra and we see like rain clouds like kind of in the distance. And I think it was Regan, uh, one of our buddies, and then Austin, the guide, they are like talking, like making a bet. Like, I'll bet you my candy bar, like it starts raining, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think Reagan. Bet. Reagan was said at like 15 20 minutes. No,
2: I think Austin said like oh. five minutes, and Reagan was like under that. And 30 seconds later, yeah. it started, <laughs> so started. pouring sex so sex hard. <laughs> hard,
1: and like wind and everything like just totally changes. Yeah, if like yeah. you have know, a funny video, it's like. Sam knows that he's eating, his, finishing up his supper and he just like sprints over and he, it's just insane. It's the, the rain, rain is, was
2: horizontal yeah. with the wind. Oh. like It was insanely windy and we were just getting, I think there was a little bit of hail in there too, yeah. like just pelting us. We
3: were eating lunch one day on the river. We were doing a floating lunch. All of our boats were hooked together while we were eating and just floating down the river. And the same kind of thing happened. Like we looked behind us where the weather was coming from and you could just see like the wall of rain coming towards you. And, like, we really couldn't do anything about it. Like, it was going to rain no matter where we went. So we um, just kept eating. And we had, like, the kind of the last little bits. Well, oh, you our just stayed in the water? You said,
0: screw it. We'll just, yeah, it was um, just raining. Yeah.
3: It, it, you could see, like, after it, it was going to stop and oh, it was going to okay. clear up yep, again. Yep. And so we had, like, the last little bits of, like, our trail mix or whatever, like, still in our bowls as soon as the rain started. And so people were, like, scrambling to put on their rain jackets and all that. And by the time it was done, we have a video of this, too. We were like, we're like moving our bowl around and there was like an inch and a half of water like in the bowl and our food was like floating oh, in the water. Gosh. It was so That's
0: gross. Sad. <clears throat> um, okay, what's the worst, what's the worst bug? Mosquito, black fly, or uh horse fly? I'd say no see them for me. Or no, I, I've never honestly experienced it. Well, maybe I have, but I just. Yeah, you probably have. I'd say I'd black flies, in say, my
2: opinion,
1: they're was, just.
0: Because so horse flies hurt the worst, I feel like, if they bite you. Like, dude, that
1: no, I'm was going like- mosquito all day, every Why? day. There's, if, if there were no mosquitoes on those trips, like, it would be insane. Like, that's the one thing that I can always say is, like, what's the worst part of the trip, blah, blah, blah. Because like, we talk about, like, how, like, like a lot of the bad parts of the trip, like, actually create, like, the best memories. Yeah, and, it's- like, like, the being cold, like, the raining one day or whatever. Like, it sucks during that. But, like, it really, like, it turns out, like, wow, we made some great memories from that. Yep, yep. Not the mosquitoes. No. I could go without the mosquitoes. <laughs> they just um, suck in general. All
0: right. Sam, what's your favorite like wildlife to see on those trips? Or I guess just any trip. Like what's the coolest like wildlife that you've seen?
2: Um, I'd say in general, bears. Like bears are my favorite animal yeah. in general. So to see one in the wild it just fires me up. But um I think seeing a muskox or several muskox on our copper mine trip was really cool because that's not they're like way up there they only live way up there so that was like a very rare experience that not a lot of people get to see yeah and they're super majestic so and I feel like (laughs) is that a joke because you're talking about hollow did you say that Tanner later? was
0: talking about how they're just
1: like they're just so clumsy? Yeah, they're, they're, no,
0: they're like they're huge though. And when they're, they're like standing like in the wind, you. I
1: guess they look like pretty majestic. But when they're running from us, they're like hilarious.
3: <laughs> See, we had a different experience. We saw one just cruise like a really? horse fast. Wow, we like it scaled up. The they scale don't run into like each other, nothing. do
0: they? Like like those goats or whatever, or those rams? Because don't, we don't they have that big bony plate? On they the might. They yeah, might. Yeah, they do.
2: I I read about this. We never witnessed it, but apparently with humans they'll like bluff charge you like they'll run at you and then stop like they're not gonna actually hit you or yeah. anything but it's like they're still like they're bluff like trying if, to yeah. scare you off if
1: you, if you knew that it's so scary to just yeah. i don't i don't or think or i that could that. stand there
3: when we were doing one of our floating lunches we saw like a whole herd of them like up on this like hill right off to the right side of the river so we got out and it was like kind of worked out nice there was like a hill that they were on and then right next to it, it kind of dipped down to a little valley. And then there was another hill on the other side. So we went up the other one to kind of put like the valley between us. And then we also walked with the shotgun that we had just in case. Yeah. Um, and so we went over there to just get a little bit closer to them. And they kind of did that. It was super far away, but they're on the other side of this hill. And some of the herd kind of started to walk away. And then it must have been some of like the dominant males or something from the herd Started like running down towards the valley like towards us and then they would stop after like 50 yards and kind of look at us and then they did that a couple times, but um, Another thing that they do that I think is super cool. We saw this too is they they like make a circle around the young if there's like a predator so they like will all face outward And then the little ones are like right really the you guys saw that. Yeah, it was super cool. Wow. It was like that same were herd. you thought. the predator? Yeah,
0: were well, the, yeah, we were the oh,
3: really? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Not bad
0: um yeah so so t- we're talking about like obviously these trips we've gone on in the past Had did you because you've been at the U for all four years right four or years four yeah. and a half or whatever Um, have you kind of met some people down there that are kind of into this like a lot of the outdoorsy stuff and like kind of done some cool trips with some
2: people down there or gotten into some hobbies or what's that been like yeah I met I've met a lot of people in my time at college and all kinds of different interests but a good example is one of my buddies just moved out to boulder colorado Mm -hmm. and so this summer i went and met up with him for like a week or so nice and he was i hiked some 14 years with him but that's one of the cool things about like people moving away is like then you get to go visit the excuse to go yeah exactly a place to stay and so
0: what what's so what would be like do
2: you have any
0: advice for somebody who like maybe is like either they live like they're going to college and they're trying to like, they're looking to get like meet some people out of the into that into that kind of stuff. Like, what, what did you do like your freshman or sophomore year to kind of get like to meet people that have similar interests like that?
2: Um, my, my freshman year, I joined the outdoors club. They just have like, was well, literally just, Oh okay, yeah. Cool. There's an. I think, I would like to say that most university have have something like that. Yeah. Um, I just went and like met people. They had, they would have like little day trips and even some weekend stuff. Cool. Um, but I would say the biggest thing for me for like learning and meeting new people was getting my job at Midwest Mountaineering my okay. sophomore year because everyone there is passionate about the outdoors exactly. and everyone has their own little niche that they're like an expert at yeah. and they're more than willing to teach you about different things. That's kind of how I learned... To about like backpacking and stuff. And you
0: get a pretty good discount on some that's obviously working there. Like probably if you ever needed some gear. Yeah, or I,
2: that, I've been very fortunate with that. Like I get some pro deals on stuff. So I've been able to afford some gear that'll last. The rest of my life nice. that i probably wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise yeah. so i'm very fortunate in that sense cool. that tent you got is so sick the
1: twilight tent or whatever it's called
2: yeah i that's the backpacking tent that i got this summer and it has a string of like christmas lights that go along the top what? that's battery powered no way yeah
3: so you kind of did the whole process as far as like starting off fishing at your cabin to going on trips in the arctic or climbing 14ers and Colorado and different places like that. What are maybe some uh, advice or recommendations that you have for people like just getting into the outdoors as far as like how they can progress? Um, Maybe some like good beginner tips and tricks that you might have for them.
2: I would say just start with a car camping trip. That's exactly how I started. The summer after my freshman year, me and a buddy took a road trip. We just went all the way around Lake Superior, just Mm -hmm. driving. Cool. it took about 4 nights 5 days and it was such a great learning experience like the beauty of car camping is you can bring anything that you would want to like i could bring an air mattress and a big pillow for the tent if i wanted to or like you have that safety net of being able to drive and go get things that you forgot like if you don't have enough yeah, water or yeah. something like your your mistakes are going to be learning experiences you're not going to be in any danger or anything if yeah. you mess up and so that's how I started off. Um, you could just pick like a three or four night trip and it's just like a great learning experience. You figure out like how campsites work yep. um, and you can do little day trips from there. But that, I think you can
0: keep like adding on to it too as you go. Like, like you come back from a weekend it's like, say, oh, like, well, we're definitely gonna change this kind of stuff, but now like since we feel comfortable enough doing comfortable enough doing this kind of stuff, let's add like fly fishing or like just go add like another kind of spot or whatever.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. Like I would go, I would go on a mostly car camping trip out to Montana, but then take like a two night backpacking detour and like learn a little bit there and then you're back at the safety of your car. And so it's a really good way to just kind of ease into it and learn, learn all throughout the way.
0: Is there something that you're looking to get into like pretty quick? I know you're talking about like fly fishing, you're just kind of getting a handle on, but is there anything that you really want to get into like in the future?
2: Um, i think mountaineering would be
0: really cool and like i've what, talked like, with like just like hiking like yeah Maxwell.
2: it's like hiking and camping but like at very high elevation okay. so you're in in snow the whole time you have to do some technical climbing Dang. and you need a lot more equipment um, i've been talking with alex Hansen who guided voyagers and now he he lives out in Colorado and he he's okay. gotten super, he also worked at midwest mountaineering but He's gotten super into mountaineering. So I think this winter I'm going to go out and meet up with him and he's going to teach me the basics and maybe do like a shorter mountaineering trip. But that, that's the kind of stuff where you get to summit like serious peaks. Okay, cool. I feel like
0: that's the coolest thing too about like just being in like groups of people like to do this kind of stuff is everybody's always got some little like cool little hobby or something they're trying to get into. So like it's really easy to find somebody like that. It's like, Hey, like I'm like, I want, like, I'm interested in doing this. Um, I know we're like, we're just on a fishing trip right now, but if you like, Oh, you also like to hike, it's like, cool. Can I come like, come along and do that with you. Whenever you do it next. And I, I feel like more times than not, people are always like, yeah, you can for sure come out. Cause they, I mean, they enjoy doing so much. Like they enjoy doing it so much that having another like two or three people come with is like almost better. Um, yeah. That's super cool. Um, so yeah. So what, I guess what's your plan moving forward here after you graduate? Cause you graduate this winter,
2: right? Yeah, I graduate in December, and I'm I'm actually in Air Force ROTC right now. So the way that works is I had a scholarship that paid for my tuition, and then that was for four and a half years, and so I owe back four and a half years of service okay. in the Air Force. And so I've been applying to a bunch of different positions with that, and I. COVID's kind of had everything be bumped back. And yeah. so I'm just waiting right now to hear like when and where I'll be going and what I'll be doing. But I'm anticipating to have some time off. So hopefully, gonna do some trips in the next six months or so. Cool.
3: So if uh, listeners are interested, where can they kind of keep up to date with kind of some of the stuff that you're doing, any adventures? Is there way that they can kind of see pictures or videos that you've done from some of your trips, past cool. trips, and kind of going into the future?
2: I would say just my Instagram page is where I post most of my pictures from mm-hmm. stuff that I do. If they have any questions they can DM me. Certainly I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. But that's kinda of my main main way of posting stuff. What's your username? Medvic nine. So look cool. yeah. me up. <laughs> they can know it. We have so <laughs> many people listening, so you're just gonna get that light. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. So we just want to thank you for taking time on your weekend to come hang out with us and do this. Um, definitely good experience. As the first guest on the podcast, looking forward to a ton of more people coming on here and talking about stuff that they're passionate about. Um, we want to thank the listeners for all your continued support. And again, feel, feel free to reach out to us at all. If there's any podcast topic um, that you would like us to talk about, or if you just have any questions about stuff that we already have talked about, um, we're more than happy to make time to kind of help you out and talk about some more about this kind of stuff because we're obviously pretty passionate about it um yeah have a great rest of your guys day and god bless thanks for tuning into the voyager way podcast follow us on social media at the voyager way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own